Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions. However, we normally don't have enough time to get through all the questions again sent in, and there have been a lot this week being Spider-Man week, so we're a little bit behind. But if you sent in those questions and you tip to support the channel, I want to make sure you don't have to wait too awful long to get those questions answered. So we gather them up, and we address them here on companion videos. Now, I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer up front here. You know, we do always say in the show when we tell you how to send in a question, I might as well tell you how to do that. If you want to send in a question to be read on the John Campus Show or in a companion video, simply go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Just go and click on that there or enter it in manually at show. Sorry, let me try it again. www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. Once again, that's www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question on the show if we deem it appropriate to be used on our show, and of course you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. Now, that being said, I understand with Spider-Man No Way Home having come out in the last number of days, a lot of you guys are very excited to talk about it. And a number, I mean, not like hundreds, but, but I mean, a lot of you guys being so excited to talk about it started sending him some questions that were like plot by plot play-by-play -play explanations of certain scenes and giving away major plot twists and, and, and plot scenarios and, you know, explaining, hey, hey, John, remember in the movie when this happened and this happened, which led to this and this, which involved this? Like, we can't read those on the show. <laughs> like, we're doing a spoiler discussion on Sunday. So that is the place to come and talk about that kind of stuff. I'm not sending it in uh, on the question tip link because we cannot read that on the show. We just can't. A uh, spoiler discussion is going to be saved for Sunday. That's when we're going to be uh, having an open discussion together, but I, I can't read. So for the dozen of you or so who sent in those questions, like with, and I get it, you're super enthusiastic. I get it, but we cannot read those on the show. And I just want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer for that. Okay. With that down, let's get into the questions that we can read on the show here today, shall we? We're going to things start off here with Jonathan who writes, been catching up on rewatching Spider-Man movies, and can I say, third time watching uh, Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Sounds blasphemous to many, including me, considering Spider-Man 2 is considered the GOAT. However, Into the Spider-Verse works on so many levels. Visuals, stories, character. Damn, that sequel uh, better be as good, if not better. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Jonathan. First thing I'm going to say is this. The next one doesn't have to be as good or better. Just be good. Just be good. Like, I agree with you. There's a very good chance that that Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film, depending on the day you ask me, I may tell you as well that I think that's the best Spider-Man movie ever. I, I think it's better than Spider-Man No Way Home. And I, I really enjoyed Spider-Man No Way Home a lot. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. But I think it might be the best Spider-Man movie. But it doesn't have to be better the next one doesn't have to be better than or as good as just still be good because the bar is so high on that. That movie was so excellent. Let's not set it up to fail by saying, well, now you need to be even better. No, no, no. Even if it's like 80% as good as the first one, I think we're in for a treat, but that's just me anyway. Glad you like it, Jonathan. All right, next up, Jonathan writes, uh, I'm sitting here less than 48 hours until No Way Home. So it's clear this was sent in a couple days ago and I cannot 
fucking contain my excitement, literally about to bounce off the walls. I'm tempted to know if Toby and Andrew are really there, but I can't. Fuck, waiting is such torture. And yeah, when you're all excited about something, it's like we're kids on Christmas morning again. We cannot wait to get there, right? And I'm glad you got that enthusiasm, man. All right, next up, uh, Plumber69 writes, Hey, John, I just watched your movie, Movie Trailers, A Love Story. Well, thank you so much for that, man. I appreciate that. And it's fantastic. Now, now one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Oh, man, thank you so much. It is such such kind words. Thank you, dude. Uh, kind of upset you didn't narrate it, though. Even though, even so, the narrator you got was quite good. Keep bringing us the filthy. Yeah, so, so my documentary, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, which you can go and find on Amazon right now, um, I made the decision I didn't want to narrate it because I don't have a narrator's voice. And also, I didn't want to put myself into the movie. Like, that was a decision I made very, very early on, that I didn't think there was any need for me to be in the movie, uh, either as somebody talking about movie trailers or as the narrator. So I went out and got somebody who's actually got an awesome voice and got them to do the narration. I think it worked out a lot better than if I did it myself. But listen, seriously, thank you so much, man, for watching my documentary, and thank you for the kind words, dude. I appreciate that a lot. All right, next up. Jack Lumbers writes, for what it's worth, Armageddon is a pretty good crossover overall. I think that's the new CW crossover this year. The first episode was corny and the last episode was just fine. The middle three were pretty good. Uh, I would definitely say it's better than Elseworlds and not quite as good as Invasion and Earth X. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I didn't watch it, Jack, and I'm not going to bother. I, I have pretty much now tapped out of the CW Arrowverse. Um, I loved it for a long time including just flash. Like I really, when I look back on flash, I'll always remember the flash series fondly. I am now tapped out of it. I, I don't watch it anymore, but I just feel like the show had run its course already. <laughs> no pun intended run. Uh, yeah. So I already felt like the show had run its course, but I would look forward every year to the crossover event every single year. And then they did that crisis on, uh, that crisis on infinite earths event that they did. And I thought that was so ass awful. Like I thought it was just terrible. And I've loved all the ones before that. And that was really kind of the big thing. I'd already kind of gotten over arrow, which I loved so much. And then I kind of fell off the show because of the, just the writing got questionable to me, but, um, I was still really on board with it, but it was once that came out. Once that Christ on Infinite Earth, I just saw how bad it was. And it was nothing more than cameo, 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 fan service, fan service, fan service. And it was just like, this is dumb. The Paragons. I mean, it was just dumb. And it kind of be, was the beginning of the end of me watching CW stuff. So I did not watch the new one. I have no interest in it, unfortunately. But again, when I look back, like three or four years from now, as I look back on the Arrowverse and its various shows, I will remember it very fondly. I thought it was they had a really good run there for a bit. Anyway, next up. We got Raul who writes, Hey, John and crew been watching since back uh, office of your closet days at AMC. Thank you so much for that, man. Question is, I want to get into watching sports like football, basketball, etc. What YouTube commentators can I start watching for these sports like sports center? Well, I can't really think of a YouTube, like a good YouTube channel off the top of my head. That's kind of like sports center for that. Just watch ESPN sports center. I mean, sports center is the de facto sports show to me. Always has been. There's a lot of other really good ones on ESPN too. Like pardon the interruption is probably my favorite sports show. Um, and, and, and a number of others, the best YouTube channel to me for sports stuff is Pat McAfee. Now, Pat McAfee used to be a, uh, an NFL player. He was the punter on Peyton Manning's, uh, Colts. 
and he started getting into kind of as a hobby broadcasting or whatever. And he's amazing. Him and his crew are amazing. Uh, I really enjoy watching the Pat McAfee show. Go and look that up on YouTube. Uh, he's really, really fun to watch. He's probably my favorite sports guy to watch on YouTube. So yeah, I would go check out Pat McAfee. All right, next up. The Unnameable writes, I had 4 p.m. tickets Thursday to Spider-Man, but now I tested positive for COVID. Oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that and won't be seeing it anytime soon. Guess I'll just have to attempt to dodge all those spoilers for a while, unfortunately. Wish me luck. Well, good luck with that unnameable. It's going to be very, very hard now that everybody has seen it. I will say this, though. Honestly, while do your best to avoid them if you can, it's honestly not going to ruin the movie for you. Like, I ended up knowing a lot more about the movie than I wanted to going in, but it did not in one slightest way impede my enjoyment of the film. Like, not in the least. Now, that's just me. You're different from me, so maybe it will for you, but I would say, yeah, try to avoid them if you can, but if you don't, believe me, it's not the end of the world. You'll you'll be just fine when you do get around. Most important thing, though, is, dude, get better soon. Quick road to recovery and all my best thoughts to you, man. All right, next up. Uh, Mikhail writes, I have as much, if not more, reason to look forward to an Echo show than I do a Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, or Ironheart. I know more about Echo than any of those other characters, so now all I need is a good trailer once the show approaches. Yeah, you know, somebody else wrote that in the other day, and, and let me address that for a second. You know, I've been saying on the show, they better do something big with Echo in the next episode, in the final episode of Hawkeye if they want us to be interested in an Echo show. To which somebody wrote into the show and said, what? but John, um, you know, we haven't even met Moon Knight and we're getting his show. We haven't even met Ironheart. We're getting, okay, yeah, that's true. But we haven't met Moon Knight and been bored by him. Like, we've met Echo now and there's fundamentally... So far, there's nothing fundamentally inherently exciting about the character. And so instead of starting with a clean slate as a show launches, we've got a character that we're, uh, that a lot of us, not, not everybody, maybe not even the majority, but there are a lot of us who are kind of disinterested in the character at this point. You know, you launch a show like Moon Knight, it's like, okay, let's see if this show warrants their own show. But right now, I kind of feel like Echo is not a character that warrants their own show from what we've seen in Hawkeye. Let's see what happens after the uh, final episode. But, I mean, of course I'm going to give it a shot. It's an MCU show on Disney+. Plus. But I, I would argue that not knowing anything about Moon Knight or Ms. Marvel or Ironheart in the MCU yet is actually an advantageous position over starting behind like, oh yeah, I've met Echo and I don't see anything interesting about her. So that's kind of my take on that. And and by the way, that's not a reflection on the actress playing her. I think she's doing a great job. It's just that I don't think it's been a very well-written character. Well-written in the sense of they're not getting me as an audience member to care much about this character. So for you to ask me today, hey, you want to watch an Echo show tonight? I'm probably going to be, no, probably not. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all kind of unfolds, man. All right. Next up. Uh, Mr. TJ Lynn writes, one of two. I just finished watching No Way Home in my country. Don't worry, no spoilers. It's way better than Endgame, and they execute the fan service aspect with greatness. I would be shocked if it didn't crack 1 billion or maybe even 1.5 billion. It has come unexpected. It has some unexpected emotional elements to it. Could be the best Spider-Man movie ever, competing with 2004 Spider-Man 2. 
I hope you enjoy it and would like to hear uh, if this beats uh, Shang-Chi for this year's best comic book movie. It is for me. All right. Thanks for saying that in Mr. TJ Lynn. Listen, I thoroughly enjoyed No Way Home. I had such a good time with it. It's a wonderful movie. Easily for me. Well, not easily because the other two are really good, but but it is very firmly for me the best of the MCU Spider-Man movies. And you know I really like Homecoming and I really like Far From Home. Uh, you guys know this. And I think this is the best. This is a, a great cap off to the MCU trilogy of Spider-Man films. I do not think it's the best Spider-Man movie ever. I don't even personally think it's in the top two. I still very comfortably have Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2 ahead of it. Like, I know we as fans are, what's happened today? What happened today? And we're all about that. But And there's the newness factor of it. And there's some big pop fan service in it. Absolutely. And it's great. I had a wonderful time watching it. I'm going to go see it probably again tomorrow. But I still think Spider-Man 2 is definitively a better film overall. And I and I really do think uh, um, Spider-Verse is a better film overall. And that's no knock on Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is awesome. I would, I would put Spider-Man No Way Home as the third best of the nine Spider-Man movies. Ahead of a lot of other really good ones, including The Amazing Spider-Man 1, Homecoming, Far From Home. Like, I put above all of those. And you know I like those movies a lot. But uh, yeah, I still say Spider. As far as best comic book movie film of the year, I'm still sticking surprisingly slow. I'm sticking with Shang-Chi. I, I wasn't expecting that much from Shang-Chi. To me, Shang-Chi is still overall the more entertaining film. Um, it's still the better executed film, I think, to me. But I mean, this is a year where we got Shang-Chi and Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are two big wins. So whichever order you put them in, to me, is not really all that important. If you're going to ask me, I'll tell you, I still probably have Shang-Chi above Spider-Man No Way Home. That's just me. But they're both winners. Like, they're both great films and great times at the theater. And uh, I look forward to going back to watching uh, Spider-Man No Way Home in the theater again. All right. Next up. Mr. TJ Lynn also writes in. Uh, just binge watch The Office for the first time. Love Dwight and Toby. Uh, love the supporting characters dynamic in The Office. But I hate, hate, hate Michael. He is not a funny or great character. Oh, dude, I, I so disagree with you. He's a hilarious character. Uh, what's his problem with Toby? I know poor Toby, right? Poor Toby. Um, not big fans of Jim or Pam. Oh man, you lost me there, TJ. Uh, but they're all right. I love Kelly and Ryan's characters as well as Angela Stanley and Kevin Malone. My man, who is your favorite character and least favorite? Um, first of all, they're all brilliant. It's, it's probably the greatest comedy series of all time. I mean, I, I haven't, you know, cracked out a top 10 list or anything like that, but it, it probably is and very well could be. Um, the best comedy series of all time. And Michael is such a great character because he wants to be good and he wants to be liked and he wants to be loved and he wants all that kind of stuff, but he's so clueless. It's just amazing to me. Like everything about that, as far as who's my favorite character, I mean, probably Jim, but I mean, like, Creed has some of the best one-liners and he only would get like one line every episode. Sometimes only like one line every two episodes, but whenever he would have something to say, I, I would love Creed. Um, who else and what else? Man. Um, I mean, Jim and Pam, I mean, they're, they're everything to the show and they're everything about the show. 
Um, I just I like them all, man. I can't think of a single character on the show that I don't like. I just think they're all great. And I'm glad you had a chance to watch it, man. All right, next up. Uh, Kyle Hicks writes, Greetings from Australia. Well, greetings, Kyle. Thank you for writing in from Australia. Uh, as of right now, I'm three hours away from heading off to my midnight screening of Spider-Man No Way Home. Taking my little brother forward, uh, look forward to some big surprises. Big fan of the show. Bring on the filthy. Well, Kyle, obviously you wrote that in about two days ago. I hope you had a fantastic time. I hope your brother had a good time. And I hope you enjoyed some of the big surprises. But just, you know what? Here's the thing about Spider-Man No Way Home to me. The best thing about the movie is that, yeah, there are some surprises in the movie, but the surprises are fine. The surprises are fine. But it's what happens after the surprises is what makes this movie good. Like, there's a couple of surprises in the film where it's like, okay, boop, here's a surprise. Okay. That doesn't make the movie good or bad. It's what do you do with that element later on? Like, once the surprise is over, what happens? And that's what made this movie good. And uh, I hope you guys had a real as good of a time at it as I did, man. All right, next up. Jed Elias writes, Hey, John. So the Matrix 4 social media embargo doesn't lift until tomorrow, which was yesterday, by the way. Uh, but I saw that Twitter user at Jacob Q. Knight posted his thoughts early. He said stuff like, It's the new nightmare of Matrix movies, a meta mirror for a culture that demand, that demand slash dissect. Um an IP-driven re re reboot call to revolutionary sci-fi cinema, appropriately gorgeous, messy, corny, romantic, and contains at least three chill-inducing moments. Effing loved it. Are you anticipating movie more now, and what do you hope to hear from full reactions? Nah, I, I mean, look, I'm, I got a little bit more interest in the film when I saw those amazing trailers, but I have had very little interest in Matrix 4. I'm curious about it, but I don't have a lot of interest and I don't have a lot of faith in it because after the first brilliant Matrix movie, the Matrix films went in decline. And quite frankly, I think the Wachowskis made some of the worst films in cinematic history since. I'm not trying to be a hater or anything like that. I'm just telling you my honest as, as a guy who watches films. That's just my personal opinion. Even though I've gone to watch their films with great anticipation, I, I find that they've made some of the like worst films ever, but the trailers have been remarkably good. Um, more review reactions, I should say, have come out, and they're looking mixed. The reactions to Matrix 4 right now are overall looking mixed. Some saying they loved it, some saying not so much. Um, we'll see what happens. Fortunately, we only got a few days left to go until we have to see it for ourselves, and you know, we'll see how it does. But no, my excitement level for Matrix has not come up, gone up, so maybe that'll serve me well. Maybe going in with really low expectations, it'll really pleasantly surprise me. Who knows? We'll find out. All right, next up, we got Drew Cardona, who writes, Hey, John, watching since the AMC days. Well, thank you so much for that, Drew. I appreciate that, man. Prediction. What if Spidey goes to another universe in No Way Home? What if instead of villains just coming to his universe, Spidey himself travels to the villains universe? What if something happens in No Way Home that requires this? Well, obviously, I can't, you're asking a question that I cannot answer. Because unlike before, I have now actually seen the film. And therefore, I will not. I will just let that question of yours, Drew, a very good question. But I'll just let it dangle there till you have a chance to see the movie yourself. Thanks for writing in, man. All right. Dana White writes in. Probably not the Dana White. All uh, right. Hey, John and crew. Looking at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, I noticed that something of the ratings, or sorry, that some of the ratings are three out of five, may go either as rotten or fresh. How does that happen? Is it based on the content of the review itself, or am I missing something? No. So here's the thing. 
A lot of people misunderstand Rotten Tomatoes. Some people think that a critic goes in and gives a score and then Rotten Tomatoes determines whether that score should equal a fresh tomato or a rotten tomato. That's not how it works. Um, I, as a Rotten Tomatoes certified critic myself, I've only submitted like two or three reviews this year, but whatever. When I go into Rotten Tomatoes to log my review, I choose whether my review is a positive tomato or a negative rotten tomato, a fresh tomato or a rotten tomato. That's up to the individual um, critic to set. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't set that form. The critic sets that. All right. So if you go to a John Campy review on Rotten Tomatoes and it's got a, a fresh tomato, I put it there. Rotten Tomatoes didn't put it there. I put it there. And then when it comes to like, well, you know, I read some critics who give it a three out of five and to them, they, they make that negative. Well, that's the thing. That's why I stopped giving numerical scores on my movie reviews because a numerical score means something different to everybody. You know, I used to give like, I'd give a movie, a, if I thought a movie was really solid, like a real solid movie, I'd give it a seven out of 10. Thinking, man, this is a, this is a real solid movie. This is like three numbers away from perfect. I mean, that's a solid movie. But then I would inevitably get people looking and go, John gave that movie a seven. Why? Why did you hate that movie? John hated that movie, everybody. He only gave it a seven. I'm like, so what's the point in giving numerical scores if a numerical score means something different to everybody? And that's true with critics as well. So maybe there are critics who think a three out of five is a bad thing. And then there are some critics who think a three out of five means for me that's a good thing. So it's irrelevant. Look, and honestly, most critics who register their votes around tomatoes, they don't even really pay all that much attention. Like I never pay attention. Like it asks me to give it a score or something. I'm like, I don't know, whatever, eight out of 10. Do I really think that movie's an eight out of 10? Probably not, but I just throw in the number because I don't care. That's not the important part. The important part is, do I say it's a good movie with a fresh tomato or a bad movie with a rotten tomato? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So yes, if you see a three out of five score, but a rotten tomato, and another three out of five score, but it's a fresh tomato. That's not Rotten Tomatoes that does that. That's the actual critic themselves who said it. And maybe to some critics, three out of five means bad. And to some critics, three out of five means good. Just like to me, seven out of 10 means quite good. Whereas other people would see me giving a movie called seven out of 10. They say, why did you hate that movie? So anyway, that's how that works. Hope I cleared that up a little bit, Dana. It's a good question, man. All right, next up. Boris writes in, uh, hey, John. In 23 minutes, I'm leaving for my midnight screening of Spider-Man. I was so excited to see the midnight screenings when tickets came out. It's currently 11.07 p.m. in Perth, Western Australia. See you in a few hours for my quick spoiler reaction. Uh, Spoiler-free reaction. Well, Boris, I hope you went and had a great time. You follow, it's, I said one of two. Oh, yeah, because the other one will come later, I guess. I hope you had a wonderful time. I miss midnight screenings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I prefer going to 7 o'clock so I don't have to stay up too awful late. But I do miss those days of going, like staying up late, going to the midnight screening. I miss those days. All right, next up. K.W. Garrett writes, As someone who loves football movies, I was so excited about the upcoming Kurt Warner biopic with Zach Levi, American Underdog. Then I learned it was a faith-based movie. Darn it, that means it'll suck. Kurt is very religious, so I'm guessing he wrote it. I don't think Kurt Warner wrote the movie. I mean, I might be wrong about that. 
Um, we went at CinemaCon. They did a big presentation for American Underdog, and actually, they gave out to everybody there autographed Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner autographed footballs. It's pretty cool, actually. Anyway, I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi. I was a big fan of Kurt Warner, watching him in the Greatest Show on Turf, those those Rams that he was the quarterback for, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, when I was in Bible college, I learned very very early in Bible college, man. Faith-based movies suck. And I say that as a faith-based person. <laughs> That's a faith-based person. I, I'm i just telling you my personal opinion. The faith-based movies suck. Now, I'm sure there may be an exception or two out there, and I'm sure there will be an exception or two to come. Listen, if any movie's got a, if any faith-based movies coming, it's got a decent chance of actually being a pretty solid movie in and of itself. It, it kind of looks like maybe it could be American Underdog. I don't have a lot of faith in it, no pun intended. I don't have a lot of faith in it, but I'm a big fan of Kurt Warner. I'm a big fan of Zach Levi, so I'll give it a shot, and we'll see how it goes. All right, next up, Colby Harris writes, how do scene how do scene captures get leaked from movie premieres when they do allow when they do allow phone in the theater? Uh, I've been seeing a lot of No Way Home spoilers from people who were recording, uh, or are they fake? Unfortunately, no, they're not fake. I mean, the whole movie. I remember the whole movie was online. Like almost all of my YouTube recommended feed was all these scenes from the movie before I even had a chance to see it, before most people had a chance to see it. And all these full scenes in the movie are just up there, just there for you to click. Not people talking about them. I mean, the actual scenes were there. They didn't come from the premiere. I'll tell you that because in the premiere, they lock your phone away and you know, you don't have your phones out. So they, they literally lock your phones away. You can't get a phone in there. It probably came from like, an on-the-lot screening, one of the people in the studio probably recorded themselves or probably from, you know, maybe it was one of the, maybe one of the early fan screenings or maybe it was, I mean, look, it, there's a lot of different places it can come from, <coughs> but it didn't come from the premiere. That's the one place I'm pretty sure it didn't come from though. All right, next up. Uh, let's see here. We got Am, Amaranthi who writes, I am from Japan. Oh, very cool. And I won't be able to watch No Way Home until the 7th of January. Instead of No Way Home, Matrix will be released this week here. But I want No Way Home. Yeah, I, hey, listen, man. Every market releases movies in their own time. Whatever works best in that market, that's when they release it. So hang tight, man. It's coming January 7th. I mean, it's now like today that I'm recording this is December 18th. I mean, January 7th is like just around the corner. Just got a little bit longer to hang in there, man. But in the meantime... Enjoy the Matrix, man. I hope it's enjoyable. Thanks for writing in, dude. All right, next up. Canadian East Coast fan writes, Hey, John and crew. Seeing Spider-Man No Way Home on Thursday at 7 p.m. here in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada with my wife and 12-year-old son. Very cool. Here is something interesting. Omicron has arrived here in the province, and because of that, the government announced new restrictions, and that includes entertainment venues going down to 50% capacity starting Friday. So all the showtimes have been removed from the Cineplex site, and I'm wondering what everyone with tickets had, had will do now. Can't wait for the movie. Thanks, and enjoy your day. Yeah, I got somebody from, I think it was Nova Scotia. I think the same thing's happening in Nova Scotia. Somebody wrote in the other day to say that, that from apparently what is happening is that Cineplex, if you, and this is not, you know I bag on Cineplex all the time, but this one is not Cineplex's fault. So 
Cineplex, from what I understand, if you had tickets for Spider-Man No Way Home, they are refunding your tickets and then reopening the ticket sales again, but this time at 50% capacity. Because obviously they sold out the theater, so they're not going to tell some people you can come and other people you can't. So what they're doing is, and I honestly think this is probably the best approach for them, and so I I take my hat off to Cineplex for doing it this way. From what I, I, I understand, they're refunding all the tickets and then reopening the ticket sales windows, but keeping it at 50% capacity. It's not a perfect situation. It'll suck for some people. But honestly, I don't know what that there's a better way to manage it, to be honest with you. I think that's probably out of all the bad ways to manage it, that's the best of the bad options. You know what I mean? There's not really a better option. So, yeah, hang in there, man. Hopefully you'll get to see it, you know, uh, early as well. Hopefully you'll be one of those people who can get into the earlier screenings. But, you know, look, the government's responsibility is to take care of its citizens. And this is as much as I am a movie guy and we talk about movies here all the time, looking after the population is more important than how fast you get to see a movie. Now, easy for me to say, I've already seen the damn movie. I understand that, but I I get what they're doing. And uh, anyway, man, here's just hoping you get to see it as soon as you can. All right. Next up film boss writes just back from a midnight screening in Australia. Very nice. No way home is incredibly fun for our most sane predictions. Uh, we really got more than we thought the more outlandish predictions, definitely temporary expectations by far the best of the Holland films. I agree. Film boss. I, I, this is a look. John Watts has done three Spider-Man movies to me. He's crushed all three. He's, he's three for three. He's done such a good job on these films culminating in what I agree with you being the best Tom Holland Spider-Man film yet. Um, they really did end off this trilogy very, very well. And uh, hats off to him. I still don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie overall, but it's better than a lot of them. And uh, yeah, I think definitely the best of the MCU bunch so far. All right, next up. Rick Squire writes, John, over or under 50% that in 2022, we find out Taika Waititi's Star Wars is being shelved when considering Kathleen Kennedy's track record with directors. I'm going to go over 50%. I, and I say that with great sadness in my heart, but I think there's probably more than a 50% chance that Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is probably just never going to happen. It's probably just never going to happen. Um, it's been a while since they announced he was doing it. Everything's gone quiet. He's got other projects lined up. Now, look, I'm not saying it's definitely not happening. I'm not saying over 80% that it's not going to happen. But if you're asking me to, what, right now, my guess over under 50% that his film gets quietly shelved, I'm going to go over 50%, but I hope we're wrong. And, and, and by the way, I'm, that's not saying it's a 90% chance it's not happening. I'm just saying I'd probably lean over 50%. All right, time for just a couple more here, guys. Rick Squire writes, Did you hear that the volcano on the Las Vegas Strip is going away to be replaced with a guitar-shaped hotel? This is due to Hard Rocks buying the Mirage from MGM for $1.075 billion. Your thoughts. Uh, The Strip needs to evolve, but I'll definitely miss the volcano. Yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, in all of the times I've been to Vegas... I've probably, I mean, I don't think I've been to Vegas hundreds of times, So I've probably been to Vegas a good 50 times. I don't think I've ever gone into the Mirage. Like, oddly enough, and I've been in almost every one of the hotels. I don't think I've ever been to the Mirage. Frankly, when I've 
see the Hard Rock Seminole Hotel in Florida, you're a little bit jealous of that. I, I think it's going to fit in very, very well on the strip, but yeah, I wish I could say I had more of an emotional attachment to it, but I don't because I've never even been in the place, to be honest with you. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Rick. All right. Last question here of the day comes to us from Chris, 1529, who writes, can we just stop and appreciate the fact that there is a major blockbuster movie this week and theaters are going to be packed several times in 2020? I thought this may never happen again. And you know what, Chris? I'm glad you mentioned that. You're right. I think even of the, of the people who are trying to most be optimistic in 20, in the heart of everything going crappy in 2020, even people like me, we had all wondered, are we ever going to see again? And I know I had a lot of people writing in, you're never going to see a packed movie theater on a weekend again. I had a lot of people writing that into me in 2020. And I don't blame them because I wondered about that myself. I think everybody wondered about that. But I and a lot of you guys was in a packed movie theater this weekend where people were lining up to get in and then lining up at the concession stands and buzzing and howling and having a great time at the movies. And it was great. And look, it looks like this Omicron thing is going to get start to maybe wreck some havoc. Hopefully we keep a lid on it. But if we don't, but even if we don't, I'm really glad that for the most part, like we were already talking about our friends in, in Canada and Norway and other places around the world are having their Spider-Man, you know, experiences bumped or delayed or affected. But a lot of us got to have that sense of big movie opening normalcy again, even if it's just fleeting. And that was really good. Now, will that have long-term impact and impression? Who knows? That's not a discussion for right now, but you're right, Chris. It was a really great thing to, to experience, to see, and to be a part of. All right, guys, listen, there are more questions to come from people like uh, Wes Maurer, 24K, Vincent Taylor, and others. Do not worry, guys. We will pick up right where we left off here on our next video. But for now, that'll do it for this installment of the companion video. Thank you guys for being here and making this little video part of your day. Big thank you to all you guys who sent in the questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys very, very much for your support. Now, this is Saturday. Don't forget, tomorrow on Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's Los Angeles time. You look up whatever time zone that is for you. But at 1 p.m. Los Angeles time tomorrow on Sunday, we are going to have our Spider-Man No Way Home open spoiler discussion. It's all spoiler all the time. We're going to be talking live. You do not send in your questions in the tip link below. Okay, guys, don't use the tip link below. That's for sending in regular questions for the John Campus Show. You come and join us. The event is already posted. You can go. The, there are actually people right now. I'm looking at it right now. There's already 20 people in there as we speak right now, just chatting amongst themselves, waiting for the show to start tomorrow at 1 o'clock. But you can go in there and use the Super Chat feature to fire in a question, comment, observation, theory, review, whatever about Spider-Man No Way Home. You can do that over there. And I hope you guys will come and join us for that. All right, guys, that will do it for now. Thanks a lot for being here. My name is John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.